The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. now recording and this is out now with aaron and abe i am aaron and abe is out on assignment but out now is a film podcast where we normally discuss a new movie a new movie weekly however every now and then we have those special bonus episodes whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different something completely different this is our commentary track for march 2023 and we are continuing with our i love la mini series of commentaries where we go through several action or action comedies set in Los Angeles during various decades. We've covered Assault on Precinct 13 in the 70s. We drove into Beverly Hills Cop in the 80s. And now we're rushing into Rush Hour for 1998. That's right. We're talking Brett Ratner's Rush Hour. Somehow we've done more Brett Ratner films than most directors that we've covered in these commentary tracks. It just happened to work out that way. <laughs> but we're going to we'll focus on what we need to uh, and talk all about the 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 the, uh, the the hit that was the the start of the Rush Hour trilogy, starring Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, of course. Joining me to discuss Rush Hour, we have from Wise of Blue and host of the Brandon Peters Show. He always chooses to sing Mariah Carey while driving. It's Brandon Peters. Yeah, Rat Pack Unite. Only one T. Only one T. Also joining us from the con from Con Hair, the podcast, as well as Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. He's making it <laughs> sorry, it's stupid. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let me do it again. <laughs> All right. From from Con Air, the podcast, as well as Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. He never touches a black man's radio. It's Mark Hoffmeyer. I just hope some really interesting words come out of my mouth tonight. That's what I'm hoping for. I think there'll be a few. And also joining us from the rap, he can't ever understand the words coming out of people's mouths in the Christopher Nolan movie. It's Scott Mendelson. <laughs> Broke him. You lost me. Um, always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Glad to have you all here. I am. Uh, I'm very pleased that we've gotten together once again to go over one of these films. And uh, this should be fun. This is our first Jackie Chan movie, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Amazingly, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But Uh, not our first Brett Ratner rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) I hope hope I'm welcome back for the Skip Trace episode. Rennie Harlan, Jackie Chan. $131 million in China. (laughs) It actually outperformed the Rush Hour movies internationally. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Hey, it's just I, a weird stat. I, I, Ratner hasn't directed anything since like 2015. Anybody, what happened? Did he like retire or like what? <laughs> I think he lived happily ever after with his cocktail shrimp. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Rush Hour. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. We're going to get into Rush Hour. 
frankly, we've talked about a lot of L.A. movies in the 90s, which is why like Rush Hour was like one of one of the go to. So that's <laughs> it. I mean, regardless of the Ratner factor, we're talking to Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker movie. Ratner factor. <laughs> <laughs> Ratner factor. <laughs> I think we have plenty to go <laughs> over. Is that his new late night talk show? The Ratner factor. The Rat- yeah, you know, it's a new podcast that comes on after Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> so let's get into this. Let's get into it. What we're going to do here is we're going to talk over the movie Rush Hour as a commentary track, as you're supposed to do. Uh, myself, Brandon, Mark, and Scott all have the film currently paused at five seconds in to the start of the movie. That's where the New Line Cinema logo is forming. So what I'm going to do is count down from three, and on the sound of go, we're all going to press play and just start talking over the movie. So if you plan to follow along, pause the movie five seconds in if you want to have it synced up exactly, and then press play when we say play. Uh, if you're listening just to listen, you're good. You just keep uh, driving through rush hour traffic as we talk about rush hour, and we'll be fine. Okay, you guys ready? Oh, yeah. I'm ready, Aaron. Can I get a yeah, what? yeah? You can get a what, what? <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, go. This is one of those new line logos that does it twice. What was the sequel on Rush Hour 2? What was the DVD? The Infinifilm? Is Infin- that- yep, yep, yep. Infinifilm. Mm-hmm. That was the yeah. like, ooh, we're new line. and Because the first one was a snap case when they yeah. had the like cardboard. And then the second one was Infinifilm. Or had that banner at the top, like as if they were going to release another edition or something. Well, and it, it was weird when they started doing that because New Line was already known for some kick-ass special features. Yeah, they, they, they had the New Line was, Platinum series. Yeah, yeah. they basically perfected and or pioneered what we would consider a special edition DVD between them and Warner Brothers because they were yeah. like they had obviously like the Matrix with the follow the rabbit I mean, stuff with the Easter if, eggs. If and you all had things. a DVD player in the late '90s and you didn't have Lost in Space, someone came to your house and killed you. I didn't have Lost in Space. So I, I felt pretty good about that. My, yeah, I didn't. I bought it specifically so I can be like Matrix first and then whatever else follows. <laughs> yeah. um, I got so, lucky. I had the VHS tape, so they only capped my. They only knee capped me, so I didn't get killed enough. because yeah, yeah. Was Rush Hour two the first Infinifilm DVD? My so. I I worked at uh, Circuit City when this came out, and they actually there was two different covers of it. They had them like you could pick which side you wanted the character on. It was really silly. But um, I, I don't know if it was an accident in the shipment or anything, but uh, yeah, it was like one you know, Chan on the left, Tucker on the right, or Tucker on the left, Chan on the right. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is a stupid question. When did 15 Minutes come out? Uh, wow, 2001? Is, uh, 2001? 2001? Yeah, 2001-ish. Is it, I was in because college. Because that, that was also an infinite film. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that... If yeah. I want, it's one of those was like the first... But like Rush Hour was a summer movie. When was yeah it was, Rush it was Hour March? It was March. came out in July. Yeah. It was late yeah. July, early August 20, 2001. Fifteen minutes was March. Maybe that was the first because yeah. I I, re- I remember that being specifically in Finifilm. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty much ready. All right, you ready for this? Uh huh. Put, put your number. Put your put your uh put your wages in. Who who, who you think is uh, final first? Final Destination two. That's a good oh. guess too. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no, that's two thousand three. though. that's, oh. that's later. Well, okay, one. I'll have to keep searching because I have the last. Would you know what the last movie ever to be in the Infinifilm series? Oh, oh no, 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 I think I do think I know this. Um, it's it's the it's the it's uh, the number twenty three. Yes, number you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Piece of trivia. Mm-hmm. I'd retire on that. Just pulling that. <laughs> We're we're talking all over like this opening that's like uh, action and yeah. intrigue right now. 
Gold member was also a Infinite Film. Gold member for but sure. But that yeah. was later. Yeah, that's too bad. So Rush Hour 2's uh DVD came out. The Infinite Film one came out December eleventh, two thousand one. Fifteen minutes came out August fourteenth, two thousand. That was Infinite Film though? That was, it was an Infinite Film okay, edition. All right. So I mean there was probably a couple in between there. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. So it was is... okay. I'm seeing it now. It was introduced in 2001. Mm-hmm. I gotta think 15 minutes was the first one. I don't know, like, why that stuck out to me, but that's like, I think that is it. Yeah. Which is I a work... weird movie, by the way. <laughs> 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. It go and it goes a place where you're like, oh crap. It like makes some moves and it's like weirdly prescient, but it's also like not very good at the same time. So it's like, <laughs> well, it's got some ideas. <laughs> like... The Edward Burns, he'll try. And they really wanted him to try too, because they're like, "Well, we're gonna make sure he's the lead by the end of this movie." <laughs> and they're still like, "No." <laughs> and then America was like, uh-uh. "Do we need that though? <laughs> Is that part of our thing?" We missed some good uh, sea. What is it? Sea oh, fog missed, work in this. Oh yeah, we missed like the literally the one minute of Jackie Chan action at the opens this picture. <laughs> um, if I do have a criticism of this film, and this might just be about what U.S. audiences would accept or whatever is that there's far less sustained action in this picture than any stereotypical over uh, Chinese or Hong Kong Jackie Chan picture. And to the point where the action scenes in this picture, while well-staged and relatively clever, almost feel like bite-sized appetizers. It's like, if you want a lot more of this, you know, go down to your video store. And, uh, you know, this almost felt like a, a willful gateway drug to the rest of his work. I mean, it is essentially like Ratner yeah. did this because he's like, I'm a fan of Jackie Chan. I want to like show American audiences this guy, even, you know, he's breaking out in America finally again for the second time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and Ratner's like, I want to do, I want to get this guy out there. And he wanted to make a movie where he's not just like, you know, the sidekick. He wanted to make a movie where he and the other co-star, whoever that would be at the time, would be I'm, like on equal footing. Yeah. Which is, you know. <laughs> I mean, this movie's like a a sampler platter of yes of Jackie Chan. I mean, he's I got the first one I saw was Rumble in the Bronx. This does not even sniff it, but like it has stuff like if you like this, you can go back and check out. And they started releasing his other stuff in theaters as well, which already had been at this point. So, um, and I think that was my feeling, and you know, right or wrong, whatever you know, if if. You're somebody that's already you know, saw Rubble of the Bronx in theaters and Super Cop in theaters, and then I think First Strike was also out by then. Yep, Opera- this was like, almost like Operation Condor. Drum yeah. Yes, like, yes, they, they, like, they're all coming out. Several yeah. of them that mm-hmm. were already, you know, this is '98. So yeah, he had a good like yeah. three-year chunk. Twin of, like, Dragons. Look at all these yeah, like yeah, uh, Mister Nice Guy. Like all these. Drunk- there was like some other co- a drunken master that got thrown up there. Yeah, uh, and it's it's weird because as as good of a job as as. Weinstein, all due respect, and whoever else was doing it, the whole release Jackie Chan's overseas films in America was basically, you know, about a two or three year thing. Because mm-hmm. by the time I saw Drunken Master 2 in theaters, I think in uh, late 2000, I want to say, that was basically the last, the end of an era, sort of. Yeah. But this um, was, this is the movie that said, oh, people will go see him. Like, yes. Big time. And it was good timing, too. You had what, like, Rumble in the Bronx coming out, and then Chris Tucker off Money Talks and Friday, like just two hot properties coming together. Yeah, so, I like, think by default because there's yeah. less. Um, and uh, and obviously the film is also an obvious showcase for Chris Tucker to be Chris Tucker for ninety minutes, <laughs> uh, or at least this version of Chris Tucker. To, to speak to the action factor in this, I mean, 
it is a comedy. You know, I'm not walking into Rush Hour being like, I'm going to get the best Jackie Chan action stuff. Granted, yes, Jackie Chan movies in general have plenty of humor in them as well. But I do think, you know, it's an American movie. Like, I'm not thinking like this is going to be the tops when it comes to Jackie Chan stuff. That said, Rush Hour 2 does, regardless of our thoughts on Rush Hour 2, which we can talk about, Rush Hour 2 does have a noticeable increase in action. Like, there's a lot Absolutely. more of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's, 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 in a, in it's a, a conscious effort to be, do more action set pieces in that movie. In a skewed way, Rush Hour is the, excuse me, I'm choking on something. <laughs> and that's when Scott Mendelson died. On the I remember Money, Money Talks had a lot more action than this. Money Talks has a lot Money of action. Talks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was also a very violent picture. <laughs> it's yeah, very hard. about this film is, this film was PG-13, and you can tell where, like in this scene, these cops are not killed. They're merely wounded. And back then, it was kind of a shock that a film that by all rights looked like an R-rated buddy comedy was rated PG-13. Mm-hmm. And that was rare enough in this day that I think it's part of what made this movie an event. You know, films like this and Anaconda, where it's like, hey, kids get to you know see this kind of stuff now without having to sneak into theater. I, I think um, that's part of the Chan factor. I mean, because I, I know yeah. like his movies... While they're not really R movies, they got some of them got R ratings. Like Rumble in the Bronx got an R rating. Like yeah. and um, Drunken Master, I believe, has an R. Some rating. of them are more hardcore. Some than of them, yeah. I think. Yeah, so, but even then, like they seem they're not hard R's by any yeah. measure. Uh, and I think it's and I think no, it's Jackie Op- Chan, which is the one Jack- that I mean, Operation po- Condor that starts with like a horrifically violent kidnapping. Yeah, they're just massacring guards left and right. Super Cop was R rated as well. Like it's yeah, but they're but they're, yeah, they're, that was a hard R too. But, but that's not Chan's thing. Like, Chan doesn't yeah. generally kill people in his movies. He beats no. them up and stuff for what? Well, other and, people kill people in his other, movies. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But, like, but his whole appeal is the fact that he's a friendlier presence and for the most part. Like, some yes. of his movies are a little grittier than others. But um, I can see him, if he's doing, if he's agreeing to sign on to, like, an American movie, I can see him being like, I don't want it to be this, you know, very violent bloodbath of a movie. I want to make it something that, you know, all my fans and young people can see. Mm-hmm. Well, he he takes punches and he goofs around like in I mean this movie you don't see much of him with gun gunplay, but though in his Hong Kong films he had guns and stuff. Oh, for like sure. That. Police like, stories yeah, are police stories and it, like, it still always or, feels like, weird when he tries to do a more serious action picture. And that's not fair to him necessarily, but you when you watch something like New Police Story, which was his mm-hmm. attempt to do, you know, a hardcore mid two thousands action thriller. Um you know, it's it's fine, it's enjoyable, but the, 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 there is a certain skewed tonal disconnect. I mean, you say oh, that, you but like we new, both, we new both police like story the was new police <laughs> yeah. story was pretty goofy. Are you talking about the other police story he did after? Maybe I am. I apologize. Multiple one. police story reboots. Yeah, because yeah, so. <laughs> new police story was just like it was still it had a young cast with it, and it was pretty peppy. And then he well, did the hardcore I'm thinking one. of a different one. He did one in the 2010s that was I think it's just called Police Story. Isn't it, it was just called Police Story. Yeah. Like he all of his be- men get killed in the opening scene. And- he did it before it was cool. Just call it the same thing again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, Look I'll at Seema. Massacre this shit. Seema looks young here. Like, like Tom yeah. Wilkinson looks yeah. about the same. Seema looks pretty young. <laughs> so, gentlemen, um, to answer earlier's trivia, oh, okay, the first good. Infinifilm DVD was... 13 days in July oh, 2001. Of course, 13 days. Oh, yeah. I knew that back in the day. <laughs> July, yeah, July. And then after a couple weeks after 15 minutes, Blow was another Infinite film. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember Blow. I forgot one. I thought that was like an Oscar bid. So I thought they'd come out yeah. later, I guess. So there you have that's your. There's uh, this little girl singing Mar- 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 Mariah Carey, which is always funny to me. This scene killed it in the theaters when I first watched it. it. People oh, just yeah. loved it. Yeah. 
And I also I love that uh, Better Luck Tomorrow's Roger Fan is in here. It makes me happy seeing uh-huh. it. Yeah. I I think and it's because she's like belting it not just not yeah. because she's like a little Asian girl it's because she's just belting it out like a child like yes. she's really committing and it's it's very well, funny you know it's kind of maybe uh, to name Redacted's credit he's letting this play like an actual Hong Kong movie like she would be like that in there and I could see an Amer- like a most directors like trying to make calm her down or kind of make her. You know, because they play it big over there, yeah. um, and it plays very much like it would in a Hong Kong film. Well, I, I would Commando. say like, we don't <laughs> we don't need to sub out Brett Rat. I mean, the thing that I think we've noticed talking about his the Rat is, Pack can unleash. Thank you, Aaron. Okay, <laughs> he's, he's not too, he's not too dissimilar from J.J. Abrams as far as he can ape another director pretty well. Yeah, he, he, he did Demi. Way, that's he what did I mean. Demi for, lot, for yeah. Red Dragon. He, right. he he did he did a Brian Singer impression with with the X Men with X Three. Like he's doing, he's clearly likes Hong Kong cinema. He's doing his attempt Hong Kong meets here. Bad Boys. That's yeah. It it has that kind of aesthetic to it, where like yes, the plot does play things big. It has a sort of you know it's can more contained actually by comparison but there's stuff there that resembles hong kong action more right. than most attempts that i've seen and i mean his in film, american films his films for the most part are competently made i think he just he got a name recognition just cuz he kept making hit films like it's pretty good. much I mean, he gets I mean, good cast I, I can't I mean. tell you what makes a brett ratner film but well i, in, like, I think part of it cuz he talks a lot about this on the rush hour bonus features all three films where you know he you know, he basically casts the best people he can find, no matter how ridiculously overqualified they are for the part. And he hires the, you know, the the old school classic cinematographers and composers and all that. He's, yeah, this is a Lalo Schifflin score. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's he amazing. knows. It's classic, and I think more yeah. or less he knows when to stay out of their way. Yeah. I mean, he's got like John Hawks and a little, not that John Hawks was taking over the world at this time. Yeah. But- he has him in like a really tiny role here. No, this cast is stacked with. I mean, yeah. we just yeah. talked. We talked all over Chris Penn. We got to yeah. Wilkinson, as I mentioned. Well, Ken yeah, Long, I mean, the young Ken Lung's here. Cliffhangers. Rex Lynn. Elizabeth <laughs> Penn is going to show up in ten seconds. Uh, this is a very well cast picture. Yeah. Um, well, the Bill next Baker one, Hall's next like one, in here for some reason. Next one, <laughs> oh yeah. Next, next one adds Shang Tsai Shu and um, uh, Rosalind Sanchez. Yeah, and th- and three has uh, American Patriot uh, Roman Polanski. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> but also has what like Max von Sydow and yeah. uh, and um, what's his face? Um, is it Hiroki Sonata? Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah. I mean, Elizabeth uh, Pena, who's passed away a few years back now at this point. That's a good point, though. I got him pretty far. I mean, look at Red Dragon. Even Hercules had a stacked cast. Mm-hmm. Like I like Hercules. Yeah. Hercules I, I wasn't yeah. bad. Uh, yeah. It was the better Again, it's, of the it's two. It's a polished, well-made film that because, you know, Ratner is a student of the 70s, not necessarily, and this isn't a criticism, not so much a student of the MTV generation. His films play. They have long, fluid takes and, and confident compositions and all that fun stuff that yeah, I but, think yeah. even then we were starting to take for realize we couldn't take for granted. I, yeah, I, we don't need to like necessarily relitigate it every time we talk about a Brett Ratner film because apparently we're just going to keep doing them. But like, <laughs> say what you will about the man, the person in his private life, what have you? Yes, his films are generally well made. Well, like it's not, yeah. it's not. I a mean, surprise. we all like, if you go back, we all like. I mean, we all like his X Men movie that, like, you know, the only complaints we like it more than most. Are, are <laughs> the only com- real complaints about that movie are non adherence to source material. Like that's about. 
what you can I mean, there's some other things in there, but the main complaint about that movie coming from people is just because it didn't follow the source material in a way they would hope. But yeah, he made Fox he made like, a fine action movie with mutants like within was, a within a short span of time. Given that that movie was also rushed, where it's like we yeah. need to get this up on Memorial Day two thousand six. It's like okay, well. And as Aaron said, there's a part in the movie where Juggernaut throws Wolverine through the roof of the build the house, and then he and comes, comes out comes another part of another, the roof. It comes and it's out the best. Another, and it's awesome. <laughs> Like there's fun. I, stuff I put that against movie. most comic booky moments in comic book movies. Like, what yeah. more do you want from a movie like this? But there's speaking, movie, he throws them up. How does he go? That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's a good gag. Yeah. You you got me want to watch this movie again. <laughs> I just it's remember short. Juggernaut. It's like ninety minutes, right? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's really, your yeah. grand finale in ninety yeah. minutes. It, it's packing in the Dark Phoenix saga and the and the uh, the Cure plots within well, a ninety minute movie. <laughs> something called the Dark Phoenix saga, which yeah. this is where yeah, it's like not really. it, sorry, it has the better of the two Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I was say it's better than the dark, <laughs> right. other Dark Phoenix. It, yeah, within. <laughs> yeah, it's just Dark Phoenix. Maybe next time, just not let the animated show have that one. Is that movie? T- uh, this is how far beyond I am with that movie. Is that movie just called Dark Phoenix? Am I remembering that right? Yes. I, yeah. It's it's, it's oh. not X Men. It's not X Men Dark Phoenix. It's just Dark Phoenix. I think for and home the video, X, it was X, retitled X Men Dark Phoenix. The X was, on okay, Dark so Phoenix was a uh, circled. Ah, okay. So, uh, so, so, so live, so, die, Dark Phoenix. Got it. Yeah. I completely forgot about that movie until you just mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the New Mutants too? Because that was the end of that oh, era. Gosh. Oh gosh. Well, no wait. <laughs> Deadpool three will be the closing the closing chapter chapter of, the... of <laughs> that i like you blew up half a city block that block was already messed up <laughs> yeah the uh <laughs> you lost a lot of evidence there's still a little bit left that's that that kills me. Yep. <laughs> so, he's a good he's a good he's kind of an angry captain but he's not a super angry captain well, well i love they throw him into this bullshit ordeal where he's like oh yeah you know what yeah yeah, because Phil Baker Hall says he has too much nervous energy in him. He, I can't see him being like, like even like Hard Eight, where he's playing like a noir hero. He's not a guy where it's like I'm going to stand up and confront you. It's more like a, you know, I'll passively sort of do it and be confident about it. But like, he can't be like shouty captain. He's not, this isn't really right. a lethal weapon. <laughs> he can't be he can't be shouting captain stuff at you. He and Alan Arkman from So I Married a Axe Murder are two captains I like a lot. Alan Arkman, so yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah all yeah. of Chris Tucker's style in this movie is. For one thing, wonderful. He's wearing suits. He's got a nice car. It's so over the top. <laughs> like, yeah. it's such a He so presents himself in a certain way. While also, I guess, being a good cop, even though he bumbles his way through things, like, it seems like he's doing something right. I do think, and you know, this is... He made detective. A nitpick. But I do think, and obviously this is much worse than the sequels, where his behavior goes beyond the realms of compre- you know, reasonable human interaction. Oh, yeah. Well, That's the sequel. It almost comes off like something like Jim Carrey in The Mask. It's, it's just like um, we talked Beverly Hills Cop last month. There are le- lethal weapons, even. Like, there's a... The wild card character becomes even more wild because it's funny. Because it worked yeah. the first time, right? So you got to do it even bigger. But it... Um, I, I would fourteen. Well, he's I, so bad in the first act of Rush Hour 2 with it that it hardly recovers from it. And then you get the three and the... Oh, he's... Still, this guy like it. It's uh, yeah. It the status quo didn't work out too well because it relies on like Chris Tucker being like, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tall black man in China. I'm gonna be very loud and point out everything that looks different to me." Like that's <laughs> that's a lot of that movie. <laughs> it's in, it's a lot to deal in with. Some ways, yeah. Rush Hour Two is the best and worst of the series because 
it's got the best action. It's, yeah, it's yeah no, the action's great. You know, yeah, fancy pants is hell, and but it's barely a movie. I mean, even Ratner will admit that because when he went yeah. back to do three, he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna make a real movie this time." Well, three. I mean, you he could say he wanted to do that, but that movie's eighty six minutes. Like they, they get for me. Yeah, it's, I'm not saying it's good. Like, they're but... tied together by floss. Like there's nothing to those movies. And they Even deliver what you they, and they deliver what you came to see. Ideally, yeah, but mm-hmm. I mean, in terms, Two, yeah. yeah, it's the old school. Well, uh, I just hope they come see my movie, leave and have a good time, and maybe don't think about it afterwards. You know, like. They used to allow movies used to be allowed to do that back in the day. I don't know if you know this. What's funny is that Chris Tucker is the one that's the more reticent of the two. Where like Jackie Chan says, like he's not a huge fan of Rush Hour, Mm -hmm. uh, but I believe his friendship with Chris Tucker is pretty genuine. But like he's he's always saying like, yeah, let me sign up and do another one, which is I think the businessman in him. I just think he knows how these things work. Where Chris Tucker is the one that's like taking his time on these things. Like three was like a long time because he like what went to Africa and he sold Bono and stuff, doing all these other things. He like he like because after what after I always thought Tucker one, I he, always thought Tucker was the holdup on these movies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's yeah. the one that's more reticent to yeah. do anything. I mean, movies. he asked. He got forty three million dollars from the three mm-hmm. of these movies. And to be fair, he's Tucker's probably in a situation where you know it's a job, it's fine, but I've got forty three million dollars. I don't need to do this. If I don't it's not what he do wants. To, he doesn't act much. You don't. No, he doesn't. He's an heir coming out later this next yeah. month. But he is, also like it's always he, sh- you know for twenty some years it's been shocking whenever he showed up in a movie. Yeah. A- after after like Fried after this set of movies in the nineties basically he found religion for one thing. Yeah. And so that's right. why he doesn't. That's why he didn't want to be in next Friday because he doesn't want to like play a character that does drugs or swears a whole bunch. Oh yeah, like, he, he which was his nineties. No in the second one. Yeah. <sighs> he killed that character off in Jackie Brown. That was <laughs> yeah. the end of it. Yeah, when he was uh, in Silver Lines Playbook, I was je- I didn't really know. Like I, I yeah. didn't read much about the movie. I was really pleasantly surprised. Yeah, like, it, 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 it's like him and Dave Chappelle, when they show up in a movie, you're like, what? Oh, whoa. You guys, you guys because do they're this. good. They're good in it too. Yeah, That's what yeah, the other thing. They're yeah. very good actors. <laughs> like they can make it work. And Tucker's run with Friday, the Dead Presidents, and Fifth Element, Money Element. Talks. Like this felt like an event for me because I was like real, real in the Jackie, Jackie Chan. Because Quentin mm-hmm. Tarantino, I think, mentioned him at the MTV Movie Awards, and then I went and watched Rumble in the Bronx. So like I remember this one and two kind of felt like events for me. Like I remember when like he's not coming back for the sequel. I, mean, I remember everyone in the theater laughing. Like I don't know, this was this was fun. Like I don't know, the first two movies were massive, yeah. massive smash hits. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't want to spend the whole time talking box office for obvious reasons, but the first one, it opened with $38 million, $33 million back when, you know, everyone was hoping for a $10 million opening. Yeah. You know, it was a classic case of nobody could have seen this movie starring non-white people breaking out big at the box office. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and then the second one was a classic breakout sequel. It opened with $66 million in summer 2001. That was a run of wow. Rush Hour 2, American Pie 2. Those are both yeah. around the same I mean, time. To put that in perspective, that was like, at that time, the biggest opening weekend ever was Jurassic World Park 2 with $72 million. So it was like in the top five. That's skip trace numbers. Uh, less than that on an opening weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um. But not for nothing, um, uh, Jackie Chan has the most style in this movie of the three. He's, he's, oh, yeah. he's like he's he's yeah. going for it where they make him. I don't want to say make him look like a nerd in two and three, but like he seems he's, like they're, they're they're styling him more. He's dressed here. like, like someone's dad in yeah, the, like, the other one. Yeah. Here he has like his hair's all slicked back. He's got a cool suit on. Like he looks like a 
I, part of that's because it's supposed to be somewhat of a mystery, right? He's he's more of a not a secret right. agent, but he's more of like a undercover type cop character as opposed to just like I'm just a cop from China and here's my wacky partner type mm-hmm. thing that they go for in the next few movies. So this is one of the first movies that when I moved to LA, I realized, oh man, editing. Because there's a chase coming up that just does not make a lick of sense. And I, I lived in this uh I lived a couple blocks down from the Chinese and stuff. And I was like, and then like I like rush hour was on TV or something, and I put it, I was like, th- it was around this part. I'm like, cool. I'm like, wait, that no, oh wow. How'd they get there? Oh, and they're back. And yeah, it was they took a bus. <laughs> I think the key that, that is who is that guy? That's John Hawks. John Hawks. Oh shit! That's, that's Academy guess. Award nominee John Hawks. <laughs> Marcy Maymalines. John, yeah. I still no, know no, no. you did last summer's John Hawks. Exactly. Oh yes, that, that too. That his um, best credit, which is like two months after this, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it was a big Hawks year. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I still know what you did last summer. Yep. He still yeah. knows what they did last summer. He didn't make he it to knows. the island. He, uh, him and yeah. Freddie were Isn't in the uh, Jack Black. Yep. Yes. Jack Black and John Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he's back. He's hanging back with Freddie Prince Jr. back in back in land. He's like, we gotta go, man. He's like, all right. And then he sings White Snake and dies. Yeah. So. There's a good there's a good run of like him, um, Shea Wiggum and Michael Shannon appearing in bit parts of these kind yep. of movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, like Pearl Harbor or Michael Shannon and uh-huh. uh, uh you know, you know, uh Mark, you mentioned like Quentin Tarantino mentioning Jack Jess of like so that Rumble in the Bronx is just this weird thing where like it opens so much. I don't think we credit how much that did because I remember seeing the trailer on that for that on like what like Desperado on VHS or something when that came out. And so it was like, you gotta check out Jackie Chan. He's coming. I was like, oh, okay, I'll rent that. And then you rent Rumble the Bronx and it's awesome. But you know what, Rumble Rent? I saw that in theaters on opening weekend. Congrats, Scott. Anyways. <laughs> hipster. Uh, Chan no. hipster, but so like then when you get Rumble the Bronx, that had a big trailer for like Sonny Chiba and like who I didn't know of, mm. and uh, the Street Fighter movies, which led me to that. So there's like this whole string of like recommendations finding Jackie Chan. What you don't remember that, Aaron? Yeah, no, like uh, no, I'm just I'm watching the movie. Oh, okay, it's being stupid. I'll hang it from the Hollywood sign because <laughs> yeah. he's because he's like posing for pictures because he's like so proud of himself <laughs> like, for capturing this man. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, now that we convinced you to watch this Jackie Chan fella, let us tell you about this other. Remember Bruce Lee? He sucked. This is Sonny <laughs> Chiba. Quentin Tarantino presents Bruce Lee sucks. Watch Rolling, roll, Rolling Thunder Pictures. You remember Rolling yeah, no, Thunder Tarantino Pictures? Was oh, very that's what drove me her. nuts about some of the discourse a few years back. It's like, maybe Tarantino like, doesn't like Bruce Lee for whatever reason, but he clearly is a fan of the subgenre. Yeah, nothing says because doesn't like Bruce it's Lee. It's thanks like, to him like that I saw a hero him. on a giant fucking screen. I don't think he doesn't like Bruce Lee. I just think he liked Chiba's movies better. Yes. Oh, that's what I mean. I mean, it's it's not a personal thing, but Chiba's movies can get crazy. I I did a, I watched his box set that came out last year. There's some <laughs> wild stuff in there. The Street Fighter was the first, and boss. I think it's the first movie rated X for violence. Yeah, and that's not even close to his great yeah. like where that should have been rated X. There's I do like a, she- what. I knew about you because of True Romance because Chris uh, yeah, yeah. goes to watch a Street Fighter marathon. <laughs> so like I was I was aware of Sonny Chiba even though I didn't have any access to like the movies at the time. Right. I eventually caught up with them. Um, but like, yeah, you're not wrong as far as yeah, the Rolling Thunder pictures, just the way he was just importing stuff or like making 
making a name for certain, you know, Asian stars that America was just not aware of mm-hmm. uh, on a large degree. It was him I like this with the cab driver also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, when do we get to New York? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I also love the stolen motorcycle, like the rock, Con Air, this. I feel like yeah. stolen motorcycle action scenes were big in the 90s. That's good. Yeah. I believe uh, Brat- Ratner just threw a gong in there just to make sure you got that he could speak English. <laughs> right. I, I believe it was underneath a sign that said culturally insensitive. I think that was part of the, uh, the gag as well. Um, also, in addition to Tarantino with that, Sage Stallone, the late Sage, uh, Sylvester Stallone's kid, big, uh, he he started Grindhouse Releasing, which was just like oh, uh, okay. Federal Pictures, and he brought a lot of stuff. They were both at the same time bringing similar material uh, to the U.S., um, which is... I know Stallone, yeah. on multiple occasions, begged Jackie Chan to be a villain in one of his films, but he just didn't want to play a bad yeah, guy. A villain doesn't do... Nope. Yeah, Chan doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just that's, that's, <laughs> this here now, where there, it's just constantly you know, they're like film Twitter. Funny. Where if you kill a man in a movie, you're actually a murderer. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's endorsement. I forgot to mention this, but during the opening of this movie, something I entirely forgot. The whole thing is set around like the British rules end yes. of reign over Hong Kong. Right, which is such a specific detail that I don't think anyone really like thinks about when they watch this movie. Like, oh, this is when that's very specifically set. It's just movie. set up for the plot of Rush Hour. <laughs> it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's weird. It's it's, an, it's basically irrelevant to the story, but you know, it, it's, it's it's only there to be like, well, we have we cast Tom Wilkinson, so I guess we need to like involve Britain in this for some reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you this, he was not the first person they considered. Um, they, they had uh, where I had it. Where they have they have. Uh, David Morse and J.T. Walsh were considered for the Tom Wilkinson character. Well, you know how Tom Wilkinson got the role? How? He begged. Like a dog. Oh. I thought you were going to say he begged. J.T. Walsh. <laughs> Jesus, Scott. This is a, this is a kid from the time. Don't break down this podcast. Oh! <laughs> And this um, scene was everywhere too on the trailer. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. with Jackie Chan. This, this movie huge has so many point. trailer moments. Like you felt this could be a movie that if you one of those movies were like you didn't see it, but you felt like you did, just because like the trailer was so packed with everything and people were you know talk about it a lot. Uh, it could be one of those. I, I'd imagine. I know you're saying it's all over LA, but there's a lot of location work here, is there not? Sorry, Brandon. Yeah, it feels yeah, authentic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's filmed there, so they can, you know. I mean, who who wasn't going around saying, "Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?" <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. everyone is the answer everybody. to that question. That's the uh, everybody. That's what happened. Um, what do you think about this movie? Yeah. Uh, Rennie Harlan was almost a director on it. Okay, the perk markup ironic. right there. Yeah, you got um, you have glaucoma. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> you better have glaucoma, son. Sing a weed. Sorry. <laughs> uh, initially, when this was like a Disney project, I believe this was a there was a that the earliest possible version of this was going to be a Martin Lawrence Chris Farley movie. Oh, jeez. Interesting. Chris Farley was going to play Lawrence the uh, civilized black cop, and Martin Lawrence would be the Chinese man. Uh, <laughs> 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 but yes, uh, Mar- Martin Lawrence was on this for a while. Chris Farley got off. Um, then, like the whole Disney aspect of it uh, just fell apart. Uh, was taken on. 
like it went through various channels, eventually got into um, Ratner's hands. Um, various people were considered for Chris Tucker. You had Wesley Snipes, uh, Eddie Murphy, who turned this down to do Holy Man, future classic. Um, <laughs> and um, Dave Chappelle and uh, Will Smith and Tupac was considered. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Will Smith, that's easy. You can see that happening here, I think, pretty easily. Let me see Dave uh, Chappelle. Dave Chappelle would be interesting because this is like half baked Dave Chappelle, right? He's like super skinny. Like, I, I'd be, I'd be curious. I mean, there'd be a lot to ask of him action wise, but that's yeah, because he's he's very lanky in the early nine in the mid nineties. We're like, you know, I can see him doing it now. Let's put a gun <laughs> in his hand. I can see it happening. <laughs> yeah, Blue Street Dave Chappelle's not doing this. Yeah. Um Tupac, I think, would probably work pretty well here. I'd be excited to see that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like he's proven himself multiple times at that point. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's just not around anymore. So Has he done comedy? Gridlocked with Tim Gridlock, Roth is yeah. like that's a, fair. It's okay, essentially yeah, yeah. A, it's basically when I think of his films, guy. I think of them relative, you know, dramas. Re- yeah, but he's generally like, yeah, he has a brightness to him in his in the energy he brings to his performances. So if you put it like, you know, he's not Chris Tucker, but I could I could see him sparring with Jackie Chan. That I oh yeah. I'd be interested in what that would be. But that um, but I, I do think, and you know, whatever. But you know, when this film comes out, when they're marketing it, it, Chris Tucker already had established himself as such a wild, over-the-top personality in films that people had seen, like you know, Money Talks and The Fifth Element. That the idea of pairing this specific guy with Jackie Chan was a, obviously it was a very successful hook. Well, putting yeah. Tucker in a suit was a change too, because he that was too? relatively lightly dressed in a lot of his roles, yeah, playing hood type characters. Yeah, yeah. But, along with Ruby Rod, uh, the most dressed man ever in radio <laughs> broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rad Scott, can been... you Scott? Can you read the subtitles for me coming up? Here? Uh, I will pass. I hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um. <sighs> I, I can't say this wasn't an awkward scene to watch <laughs> being a 12 year old uh, hearing Jackie Chan say these things. Um, what bugs me about stuff like this is that Jackie Chan doesn't know what he's saying oftentimes when it comes to this stuff. Like you can see it in the outtakes where they're just feeding him lines. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's like he doesn't even know what he's doing. Um, which is, it's such a I, I can see why he wouldn't necessarily like these movies, even though he makes them. Um just because I like I, it seems like he was more best in the Shanghai movies. It feels like, like there's something there. Scott, maybe you could speak to this given that you're a lifelong fan of Shanghai <laughs> Nights. Well, I, I think uh, the problem with the scene like this, even when I was a kid when I first saw it, I was 18, is like I want to be rooting for Jackie Chan to be beating up people, but in this situation, he is not in the right. And yeah, it's a misunderstanding, but you know, it's 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 was it that hard for to give him a legit reason to beat up a room full of, of people? Instead, you have a you know this giant action scene where, based on a misunderstanding, where I feel bad for the people having their asses kicked. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. All of those yeah. things. I know there's some reshoots. Were these part of it to beef up the action a little bit? The reshoots are at the end. The reshoots okay. are at the the end action sequences. Mm-hmm. That's, that's got where it. They so, just, stuff. <laughs> so they just wrote action scene around a misunderstanding, and he just wipes people out in a bar or yes. playing pool during the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, even, I mean, obviously I like Shanghai Noon quite a bit, but I, I the final action scene of that film also thrives on a, a similar misunderstanding where him, who's one of the good guys, is fighting other good guys because they don't get that he's on their side. So it's like, 
who are we rooting for here exactly? But he also you need someone that can counter him in martial arts moves. So it's yeah. like, okay, we have to we have to find a way to make this work. Oh. But Shanghai Knights is though we got Mayor Carcetti uh, with the sword, so that works. We can, yes, uh... I do. I do think that the <laughs> Shanghai Noon and Knights is more because this is territory Jackie Chan's been through. It's just kind of a light dash of it, and the, those are more what he does. Where he's like, well, I can take playing with his settings and coming up with creative things. Oh yeah, I mean, even, even watching the first Shanghai Noon, that was more of a what I would consider a Jackie Chan film in terms of the quality, quantity, and quality of action. Yeah, it has what I assume Mark would call best log running scene of 2000. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and best prison escape Pete by peeing on a uh, uh-huh. a shirt for sure. Yeah. I love a good log running scene. God, Wilson Insomnia, has a good line in that too. That. Like, Wilson has a good line in that in that old. It's like you said, like bar, Ben Break Bar, not Piss Bar. Ben Break like, was some like <laughs> wordplay he does. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, cliffhangers are excellent again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his character really confused me in cliffhanger because i'm like what this guy's here he's not the second in command he's just kind of a pain in the ass i remember watching that when i was like 12 or 13 and i, I think lithgow agreed with you he's the only one that has the codes <laughs> yep. yeah, I was, he's I was like, the guy brokering the deal i can't wrap my head around this guy because i'm so used to the com- tropes. million combinations you can't figure that out <laughs> <laughs> Here's another scene where Jackie Chan beats up people that don't have really anything wrong to do here. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yes, you're at an embassy and you're coming here assaulting us, sir. <laughs> we don't uh, can't deal with that. That is kind of Chan's like that's again. The, there's not a darkness, but like his his motivation is this girl I care about's gone, and so I'm a wrecking ball right now. And I do like that's a way to balance him with Chris Tucker, who's a loose cannon, uh, where Chan is thinking only in emotions as opposed to being like the he's not the best cop possible because he's doing things wrong he's a fish out of water i, I think yeah. there's there's an effort that you know this is the strongest of the characters and the, the character work done well, of the three of these three movies he's being done wrong in a way where he's trying to be kept away from the case for sure and stuff. No, there's and a, he, yeah, he's there's not a balance killing there. people he's he's subduing them and also it's it's a frustrating situation because it's one of those plots where if everybody would just sort of stop and talk to each other yeah. it would be fine they would work together and and things would be resolved in a much less confrontational manner i just don't know um, why you can't pick up a telephone and call the embassy and be like hey i'm coming yeah, exactly. over it's like, yeah. <laughs> to me your best friend <laughs> and it's funny because if you watch the trailer to this film, it's it sets up a very different story where the kidnapping happens. Chris Tucker screws it up. So then, you know, the ambassador says, OK, you guys effed up. I'm calling in my guy and Jackie Chan shows up. Um, yeah. yeah, he wants to blame the black guy. I know new line works. <laughs> <laughs> What's this move right here? Does it like I get a bed sheet or something with a gun and all this stuff? There is a good trailer yeah, moment. The, yeah. yeah, he takes the gun. Good outtake moment, too, because it takes like 30 tries. <laughs> right. Which I imagine, yeah, probably not easy to lift a gun out of a holster through your feet, put it into the thing. And this is really random, but I worked with Tai Ma on Million Dollar Arm, and he was a really nice dude. I had to work, yeah. I was a first team PA on that, and uh, I hated that job. I hated being a first team PA. I would always try to not get that get gig, but on this movie, I was, and like he was a pleasure to work with. So it's always. There's very few actors who I would actually stop and say, I like this dude, but like, he was he was fun to hang out with on yeah, set. Good to know. 
Him and Bill Paxton. That dude's like my favorite. He was, yeah. Yeah, Saima, who um, I believe his Twitter profile thing says like like everyone's uh, Asian dad or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like <laughs> but didn't he try? He he was Jack Bauer's nemesis, wasn't he? Oh, I mean, God, to be yes. fair, all, all of us at one point are Jack Bauer's nemesis. <laughs> It was yeah, Jack me in the third season. <laughs> <laughs> the real mole is the friends we made along the way. Right. <laughs> um, this is our third adventure together, Jack. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to. Are you going to kill me or are you going to find someone else have killed me? <laughs> uh, this movie was written, or at least co written, by Jeff Kof. Among his credits include Stakeout, Operation Dumbo Drop, Snow Dogs, and one film called, that's right, The Boogins. Shout out to Jimmy O. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. You the, see sequels are both written by, uh, the sequels are both written by Jeff Nathanson, uh, Spielberg's guy, for a little while there. He writes Stakeout, which makes about as much money as Lethal Weapon coming out like a month you know, later, a month before, but then doesn't come up for a franchise, or a good one anyway. Nobody sees another Stakeout, so he's like, Yeah, he sticks with like kid friendly stuff basically is where he mm-hmm. goes from there. But managed to get himself into a rush hour deal for the first movie at least. And then he writes basically a weapon. Ken Lung here going for the bleach blonde look. Mm-hmm. He's a big Cisco. <laughs> he's a big he's a big Cisco fan. And X-Men the Last Stand. X-Men the Last yeah, he kept it short back in those days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with Ratner, he kept it tight. <laughs> Man, this this, kill, this kills me. Fifty oh, fifties. You want any fives with that? That destroys <laughs> yeah. me. Every time. They kidnapped Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> you want any fives? That was in the trailer that. too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the that was the like, you know, it like one man will stop them. They cut to fifty million. Like that's the yeah, that's the introducing. <laughs> well, in the, the audience. In the bloopers, does he have trouble saying Chelsea Clinton and yeah, like, this acting, is Chelsea like yes. ne- acting like he'd never heard of her before? <laughs> like he doesn't like, care. <laughs> it's the president's daughter. <laughs> we knew socks and Chelsea back then. Everyone did. White people did. I mean, I don't. <laughs> people in the hood are looking uh, at looking at the, the Clinton family as a whole. Oh man, I'm fries with that. <laughs> yeah, that's just Sorry. that's so funny. <laughs> and it's like most of his stuff's improvisations. Like all of his, like a lot of his scenes are just like him riffing. Mm-hmm. You know, Red, uh, Ratner and the editor were talking about how they could barely put together the um, the the scene we were talking about with the dude from Winter's Bone, with John Hawks, Chris Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah they were like, I, like I don't even think that makes sense, but we had to like somehow do it because they were something different every take. Yeah, this is Chelsea Clinton. Next one's Gefilte Fish. Can't say that for the life of them. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I don't remember the third one well enough to know if there was some <laughs> some gaff that he kept messing up. Also, yeah, Jackie's right. This is stupid. If you're kidnapping a little girl, you're not going to put her in a building like this. (laughs) I mean, it's the extent to which the film doesn't care about what happens here, where what, like a dozen cops get blown up, makes me think that it was a, you know, a last minute insert to increase the action because the film progresses as if nobody's injured in this scene. You you know what film does this better? Uh, Bait. Yeah, there's like there's a mid action mm-hmm. sequence where David Pamer's strapped to like a chair yeah. with a bomb, 
And di- is it more? Chill, right? chill David- factors, uh, David yeah. Paymer. He was all chill over fa- the action back then. Yeah, that's he, a he, brutal, nasty movie. It is for but a movie it, that it, has Jamie Foxx giving yeah. a very spirited mm-hmm. performance. It's a it's a very R rated Antoine yeah. Fuqua movie. <laughs> yeah, it's an Antoine Fuqua movie through and through. <laughs> That's what I think it's one of the first ones. I think this guy's mean. I mean, this, that was the jump for Fox, right? That was his first, yeah. like, that was, uh, he's, he can do more. Yeah, than he went from thing. being, like, yeah, side roles and, and romantic. Booty call. He, yeah, like, yeah, yeah you're right stuff. in that it acknowledges the collateral damage. Yes, yeah. It blows up a major character and everyone's, like, really sad about it for yeah. like, 10 minutes before they get back into the, the plot. Well, well, I need to watch Bait now. Bait's solid. I like Bait. <laughs> oh jeez, Louise! Bates like the if I'm watching Blue Streak and I'm like, okay, I had my laughs. Let me get to the more serious stuff. Bates the other <laughs> Bates the other TV TBS movie I'd watch. There's a Snap Case Blue uh, DVD as well. Yep, Jamie Foxx on the cover. I think the special feature was interactive menus. Oh man, those menus are so interactive. And a trailer. <laughs> trailer. I appreciate. Tra- I grew to appreciate trailers for some isolated reason. score I, track. Like, yep. <laughs> Scene selection. Never would imagine it was a special feature till Mulholland Drive came out. I like that this guy, he starts his run and he almost trips and falls, but he keeps yeah, going. Ken Leon's an intense runner. He's, a, he's yeah. an intense runner. Yeah. Um, I love when movies keep bits like that because yeah. it just it makes it so much more authentic. A movie that allowed to be loose back in the That's day. That's why I brought him back for, um, for X Men The Last Stand so he can be the guy that has. Porcupine spines on his body? That's Blowfish face. Blowfish face? Yes, one does. He's not the one who throws spikes from his hands? No. 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 That guy's barely in the movie. He's just in a forest. He's in the Fox Woods for a scene in Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly just has a power that that shows That's old stick arms. Marvel Comics (laughs) stick arms, of course. (laughs) And then the guy keeps cutting his arms off and then finishes off by it with a nut nut kick. Like that's a... He says, grow those back. (laughs) But first, the guy goes, "Come on!" He's like a really st- like he's yeah. like that exact accent. Like he's the wood, the, the wood guy. Whoa. I mean, the guy with the, out of his hands, like they cut his you know best lines, which is like, "It's time to raise the stakes." <laughs> Should have kept it in there. Raise the stakes. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> what is that on Bowfinger? Where it's like, "Hey Cliff, you're on a cliff. I'm gonna push you off." Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like you got to think. Time to raise the stakes. Oh, because they're st- he's throwing stakes. Oh, I got Eddie Murphy in that movie. Jesus. <laughs> By the time they got put together, he names Cliff his Cliff. <laughs> keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. Is this the trailer shot too? This where he like, the axe. This is one of my favorite action beats in the film. Yeah, this is a good shot. Two very intense characters are yeah. going at it in a very well lit, well, you know, well shot sequence. And yeah, it's it's you know low tech by Jackie Chan action standards, but it works. In the mid 2000s, this would be a uh, parkour chase. (laughs) (laughs) Parkour. This is where they survive a fall from. It looks like at least 50 feet. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) They're fine. (laughs) Just get right back up. Land on like a piece of plywood. On wood and everything. Yeah, nearly get right over. I don't know. They're in the road. They're in the road. Like yeah, bone yeah they just fell 50 feet onto the ground. That's it. Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's a John Wick fall right there. That's what that is. <laughs> oh, at least I broke hot. my shit. That's a, that's a lie that always makes it. Catch and release. <laughs> at least they're laying down. That makes me happy. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're taking a take a breath. <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. What? So, like, I grew up like Friday was a thing that I was watching a lot at that point. Like, I had that VHS. Um, oh, yeah. I hadn't I hadn't seen Dead Presidents till later. Like that happened. He pops up in Jackie Brown. I'm like, God, Chris Tucker. And then Fifth Element became like my jam for a good year. Uh, so it's like this Chris Tucker doing it for me. So yeah, putting him in a movie. Like oh, I this. forgot about Fifth Element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fifth Element. Yeah, Ruby Round. Ruby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and Money you know, Talks, it's, it's... of course. Money, Money Talks, a movie that's also yeah. very violent, um, but um, it very much has that energy throughout it um, for its very scant 90 minute runtime. Uh, it was big. I was enjoying Chris Tucker a lot. So getting him in a movie with Jackie Chan, who, like you guys, had been discovering in the various VHS or in some cases in theaters, like Scott, uh, seeing his movies. Uh, I saw Operation Condor first strike in theaters and Mr. Dice mm-hmm. Guy. Yeah. I think Roman the Bronx is the only one I didn't see in theaters, actually, come to think. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I was there. I think mean, I would go see him. I drug, I drug my mom to first strike. It was like my. Uh, it was like my birthday. We had school canceled. And she's like, whatever you want to do today. Because it was a snow day or, or like it snowed a bunch. So I remember like, you want to go see a movie? I'm like, yep. I want to go see First Strike. <laughs> she would have never. But it's my birthday. I took her. And she was, she laughed her ass off. Had a good time. So I'm like, how I do you remember- like that? No, nah, not really. I'm like, you were laughing <laughs> the whole way through. You're I outside. My, I took yeah. my uncle to Rumble in the Bronx. And he had no idea what he was in for. But he had a good mm-hmm. time with it. Yeah. I um I remember I saw Mr. Nice Guy. Um my mom it was my mom and I and one of her friends and they went to see Goodwill Hunting in the neighboring theater. So I went to see Mr. Nice Guy because I don't want to see some movie about some math janitor. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I want to see a movie where Jackie Chan plays a TV chef that happens to be amazing at Kung Fu. <laughs> so but that movie's only you know so long. So I walked out of that. I saw the like last 20 minutes of Goodwill Hunting, like that was like a pretty good movie. So I read it, read it of that, you know, six months later or whatever when it came out VHS, like that was a really good movie. <laughs> Ah. And Those then boys are the, going somewhere, I tell you. One of the first <laughs> ones of that of that streak by I think mid Shabaka Henry mid, just pops up in here for a mid ninety nine. Uh, shit, I just forgot the name of it. God darn it! For what? Who am I? Who am I? Which yeah, is yeah. the one that yeah. premieres on HBO, and I'm yeah, watching it on a lark. And I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it may have the best fisticuffs mono on mono fight in any fucking Jackie Chan movie ever. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, but that's some good ones. I, mean, well, I, I would say the climax is between him and two other guys on the top of a building. just freaking amazing. Him anyway. and the, the, the Benny the Jet fights he has, like, in, yeah. in, in, like Wheels on Meals, mm-hmm. and um, oh, what, what did we just want? Dragons Forever. Dragons Forever. And, oh, and uh, like, Project A. Like this, <laughs> There is some... Uh, let alone drunken, uh, drunken master, uh, drunken master two. Oh, yeah, yeah, drunken master two's finale is. Who am I? Has good action, no doubt. I agree with you. There is very good action. The tuxedo. I saw the tuxedo in yeah. theaters. I, I did not see theaters. the medallion. I did not. <laughs> I did not, yeah, I I did not miss much of the medallion. I think the tuxedo kind of ruined me seeing Jackie Chan American movies in theaters at that point. I didn't see that or what? What's the nanny one? Uh, spy next door. Spy next door. I did not see that in theaters. Uh, oh, to be fair, he followed it up with the Karate Kid. So there you go. Wait, Jennifer Love Hewitt was. Yep. That's Tuxedo. Oh, yeah. That's Tuxedo. That, that movie had a poster. Claire Forlani's like, Medallion. I was like, there's Jackie Chan. There's Jennifer Love Hewitt. I don't care what this is. I'm seeing it. And that's, that's basically all, that's my all. review. 
20 yep. years later. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is this movie good? Know. No. Did I enjoy watching it? Yes, I did. Yeah. What's the What's the last of these? Like his American like ones where he's coming in. Well, he trades in. Medallion there. might be the last. No, Medallion's fairly because that's two thousand three. He still has. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's still got. No, there's still there's no, still around there's around around the world in eighty days. Um, uh, yeah. Rush Hour three, the Forbidden Kingdom. Which like, let's get these two guys together and make the worst action movie. Oh possible. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the last one. Oh no, Spy Next Door is after that still. Well, it's Spy Next uh, Door, Karate Kid. Karate Kid the last? Oh, I'm not counting because that's different. That's not like okay, that's fair. action movie. I'm trying to think of, if there's any. It might be Spy Next Door as far as like yeah. this unassuming man this happens to know these crazy moves kind of movie. Hold on. I'm kind of curious now. I think so. Does that even like, make money? Because like Skip Trace isn't like an American movie. Yeah, that that's two, and that's yeah. 2016. But I, but I also wouldn't call that like no. an America. No, that, that played it's in not like the same realm. America. It's not in the same realm as this. No, not at all. There's the Pierce Brosnan one, The Foreigner. Oh yeah, that's later. Yeah, but which even again, that, that was sort of a Hong Kong again, or a Chinese picture that happened to play in America. Although it was a co-pro. And the and but like the genre is different. You know, it's not the action yeah, comedy yeah. Jackie Chan. It's more of it's taken with Jackie Chan at that point. Yeah, this guy. But like, yeah, he's doing this, but he's also doing a crap load of movies. Yeah, he's still doing his yeah. thing. Like, <laughs> we need to skip Trace too. Do we? We really don't. <laughs> I just the pair, I have still Knoxville yet to see and Skip Chan. Trace. I've I yet just, to see Skip Trace, but I I like Johnny Knoxville in movies, so I'm like, yeah. I've always been curious. Kung Fu Yoga was fun. Yeah. It's a That's, fun pairing, the two of them. Kung Fu Yoga's got isn't there like a a, a car chase with a with a tiger in the car? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's where he plays like an archaeologist. That's like an Indiana Jones movie. He plays like an archaeologist in yeah, that thing. Who Vanguard was pretty boring. Vanguard was pretty boring. Vang- and the Vanguard time. felt like a, I'm passing it on to others because like a lot of other people do martial arts yeah. also. And he's just like, I'm here too, doing stuff occasionally. And there's jet skis in that one, so I give it an A. Yeah, despite yeah, its a quality. Yeah, despite yeah. its quality, it's automatic A minus. <laughs> yeah, the spine next door might be be the last that's the last one. like traditional like jackie chan in america yeah because by 2015 he's doing dragon blade in china with with uh you know chinese superstar uh, uh adian brody and john cusack oh i remember that yeah yep. all they could get on oh, the war moment yeah them dancing holy shit there's a 2015 remake of who am i that he did not star in but produced hmm. of course fair enough there's a, oh, it was gorgeous too that came out in '99. Yeah, with that one and then the what the police stories. There's so many variations. It's hard to figure out what is franchise and what's not, and what's spinoff and what's this. Like I, I was putting together something for Rotten Tomatoes, and I was like, I was trying to figure out the police story franchise. They get pretty Speaking convoluted. Speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go for it. This, uh, this is the movie that inspired Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes yeah. exists because there is a there is a fan of Jackie Chan movies named Sen Leung, um, who was a big Jackie Chan fan. And in anticipation of this movie, he created a very hastily put together website that collected all the reviews of his other Jackie Chan movies. And it launched in August because that's when Rush Hour was supposed to come out. Then it got delayed to, to, uh, to September. Um, but he still had what he needed to make the skeleton of what Rotten Tomatoes was at that time, which have obviously expanded. 
um, many times over uh, in, the, in the years since. But uh, yeah, this the Mark Zuckerberg of film criticism. Yeah, to blame, if you want to blame <laughs> How anybody, did I know what my monster would become. If you want to blame somebody for Rotten Tomatoes, Jackie Chan is your man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we interrupted you. So ne- next time, you, next time you watch that video of Jackie Chan being surprised by all of his students behind him when he's singing, and he's really like, "Oh my god!" You also think, "But you're also a monster that created Rotten Tomatoes." <laughs> This restaurant is real, by the way. It still exists, and it has a sign in it that says, hey, this is the place where they filmed Rush Hour, uh, the Fu Chow restaurant that the the bad guys are in. When they were just taking each other's guns, I do love the shot through the alley onto them, the way that's framed, the kind of centered framing. Adam Greenberg flexing. Yeah. yeah. But I think you're right about Ratner. Just kind of let them do their things. Same thing about Beverly Hills Cop. Like, Eddie Murphy had a hot hand. Just let let them do it. Hire professionals and get a professional job. <laughs> but it wasn't inspired to put him with Owen Wilson after this, like a real droll guy. Like it's both these castings are pretty solid. Cause that's a similar, like, did we just talk about this with why do we talk about behind enemy lines for some reason at some point but like <laughs> that was that period where they're like let's just test Owen Wilson out and stuff and mm-hmm. the, obviously the comedic stuff clicked <laughs> one, one thing I do like I spy again, man oh. <laughs> oh gosh the rush hour sequels you know after the first one comes out it's really successful and you'll notice in the sequels that there's more of an effort to make Chris Tucker an equal in the action sequences but one thing I like about Shanghai Nights is that it still makes no effort to make Owen Wilson an equal in yeah. the action sequences. <laughs> well, that's a huge trailer moment, right? What, John, yeah. what's our history together? Have you ever think I could do I this? still throw that line out in casual conversation as often as possible. <laughs> and that, that was the line that makes, oh, I'm going to love this movie. So, <laughs> to be fair, I mean, Chris Tucker is a streetwise cop. Like, it makes yeah. sense he can hold his own in a fight. Like, where Owen Wilson's like, yeah, when did this guy learn to rust to wrestle? Like, <laughs> he's a fake. He's a fake outlaw. Mm-hmm. Like that's his whole stick. <laughs> so I was looking at like Mark was talking about Jackie Chan, the franchise stuff. So like I, so it looks like we got Police Story, the Armor of God series, which includes an Operation Condor, uh, Project A, the Rush Hours, Lucky Stars. Drunken Master, Shanghai Noon, and if you want to count him, Kung Fu Panda, because he was there at the start. So I think that's most. That's all of his franchises. Yeah. Those Kung Fu Panda movies make bank, too. And of course, Mm -hmm. they're good. The Jackie Chan Adventures, the uh, TV series. The TV, yes. (laughs) And I saw he guested as himself on Martin. How y'all feel? We do have our Jackie Chan Martin (laughs) Lawrence. (laughs) Team up. Maybe he was recruiting because it was 96. So with that, by the way, I know that Ratner, because he was such a big Jackie Chan fan, he wanted in this movie. He went to South Africa to Jackie Chan while he was filming something to pitch this movie to him. Um, I think they f- shot Martin in America. <laughs> there was an old you don't remember the famous Martin set that's why the show got canceled eventually it just became too expensive right. to keep to keep flying them out to South Africa every weekend right. there was an old story that I heard back when I was in college I didn't know if this is true or not so I'm be spreading spreading innuendo but that the I was told that the way Brett Ratner pitched this movie to Jackie Chan was like this movie is not good it will only be good if you're in it I've heard that yeah mm. hey appeal I mean, to that ego <laughs> 
I, I don't know what other version of this there is. Like, yeah. But no, I mean, it's, it's, the movie only works because of these two, I would say. And yeah. that's not exactly a hot take, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a eight by numbers movie otherwise. Um, Russia yeah. is not remotely near Chinatown, by the way. Like, there's no, there's no direction he could point that would help these two people out to find Rockstar any quicker. <laughs> This, this <laughs> sniffs rice <laughs> determines it's not good. <laughs> Excellent palate. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm still thinking about that axe fight from earlier. That was a show. I completely <laughs> forgot about that fucking axe fight. Oh, this is where we're supposed to be like, well, if we weren't paying attention to the plot, it'll be surprising to us that Tom Wilkinson was not credited third in this movie for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tommy Wilkes. I mean, 98 was the year of axe fighting because Firestorm. (laughs) Still alive! (laughs) You hear Smoke Jumper? Smoke Jumper! Smoke Jumper! I feel like a data post is coming now. (laughs) The axe fighting axe of nineteen ninety eight. It's 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 that this and um you know what's it what's it with Stallone and Momoa um that one movie. oh yeah yep. yeah bullet, bullet to the head, bullet bullet to the head. head. yes it's Conan oh. versus Rocky Halloween two o it's barely a fight that's like shrieking diving bell and the butterfly and then he just immediately gets tossed out by Bond and then oh uh, yeah yep yeah. and we we can add H two O. Halloween. Oh yeah, lights. Halloween H two O. Yeah, she took the the axe. Michael. There. Oh, doesn't Momoa fight in Stephen and Lang in Stephen Lang in that one movie? The killer um, from whoa. Urban Legend has an axe too. Whoa. She chops off the head in the back from the back seat of the car. She chops off Natasha Gregson Wagner's head. A highly impractical <laughs> move for a body Somehow of that size within a car <laughs> from the back seat. Oh, leverage. And it goes out the wind front, like the driver's side. Window. What's so. the move? What, what's the move with Momoa and Lang where they're father and son and they have axes? Wait, what? It's, huh? what? it's Jason Momoa and Stephen Lang, their father and son in Alaska, and they fight. They fight. Braven, Lang. Braven, Braven. That is. That's it. Yeah. Is that a movie or a show? That's a movie. No, no. Bra- Braven's a show. No, there's another. There's no. A movie. Braven's the movie, and then he has C, and then another one oh, okay. is a trapper. Mm. Does Deep Rising Deep Rising have an axe? Someone oh, gets axed sure. in the head. Deep Rising has like I think axe to tentacle action. <laughs> yeah, it has to. You have to do that with tentacles. You have to like cut a couple off so to show that it's still going. The mist does for sure. The mix has it. The mist has it. Axe to tentacle action. A lot of a lot of axe action. Yeah, brave in it because Garrett Dillahunt's the bad guy in that one. <laughs> What's the show with Momoa? That's also like Alaska for whatever reason. Like he has a lot of like, like uh, fur trappers or something. Frontier. Frontier. <laughs> A peak TV. Uh, oh, there's Seven Samurai reference that I really like right here. <laughs> Which one do you kick me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ran to go over the prestige jokes. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one do you yell at me? <laughs> that made it an extra twenty million. I think you just see that. It's, on a, the it's a good line. Because the, the foot appears out of nowhere. Oh, what? Did Lethal Weapon Four have an axe? Oh, um, I probably. Because yeah, does, doesn't I know the cool scene when Gibson like tosses the thing from the semi? That's like a that's a that's not an axe. But doesn't doesn't knife, he kill right? Jet Li? With, well, he kills him with I the think machine gun. But doesn't he? No, he, they like, spear him with something. 
Well, I think they start out chasing, like charging him with like weapons, and I think uh-huh. I want to say one's an axe. It's hard to it's hard to remember because I'm I'm so like bought bought in by now to the fact that two elderly men were able to beat Jet Li in a fight. So like they cheated. It only works because they cheated. <laughs> Which and they that's, had. That's, that's that not cheating. It okay. It's just it's just natural board strength, Scott. That's what it was. <laughs> that they, t- that that an elderly black man. And a, a wiry Australian were able to counter Jet Fucking Lee in Lethal Weapon War. Which, funny enough, like Butters and that is kind of what we got with Tucker. Like you, you can see Chris Rock being. Oh, that's the other thing. Movie. Yeah, I, I wrote this down. Both Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker were considered for Lethal Weapon Four. Yeah, <laughs> both, they, both. Oh my were god, wow. considered. Yes. They were, Obviously, they were Tucker would have played the Jet Lee's character, and Chan would have played the Chris Rock role. But I mean, you know, they why. <laughs> Which one of y'all kick me? <laughs> Dining platters are good weapons. We don't see enough yeah. of that in movies. If I ever tried to use a chair like that, it would just uh, I would break my wrist. <laughs> was an axe held in Godzilla? Sorry, I'm looking. Which got which Godzilla are you talking about here? The Godzilla, you know. I think he means the summer of '98 Godzilla. <laughs> was an axe? It was like, did they fight one of the little raptor Godzillas or whatever? Yeah, Hard Rain might have had an axe. Uh, which, like, by I'm... the way, also stars Godzilla v Kong's Lance Reddick. Yeah, yes, it's, yeah. He's in both Lance, of Lance Reddick is in both American Godzilla <laughs> franchises. <laughs> I do like this where they they realize this is like a Hobbs and Shaw, but we're like, if we work together, yeah. <laughs> you know it. But I like that they realize that two thirds of the way into the movie, not, yeah, not the, the very end, they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. man, if, how can we possibly counter this man? Well, if we keep one on one fighting him, we could maybe get him. I don't know. Uh, Fucking Riggs and Murtaugh figured out how to do that against Jet Li before those guys. Did. Exactly. And that's why they win, because they cheat. <laughs> and that makes it OK. I like how belabored the shot is of them going down the stairs. It's like three different yeah. edits of them doing this. Oh. I think just them in pain sells it a lot too. I mean, Jackie oh, yeah, yeah. great at that. Like oh, just yeah. hitting oh, yeah. his fingers and doing all that, but Tucker's selling it too. Like he's being pretty unselfish. Like these as guys as, like, are not gonna pull it off. <laughs> oh, I really think that's a huge part of I mean, not every action hero, but it's part of why I think Chris Pine works because he's got that Harrison Ford thing of I will fight you, but I don't want to. It's going <laughs> to hurt my hand when I punch you, and I'm not looking forward to that. They feel vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, whatever my nitpicks with the Star Trek films, I love that Kirk loses basically every fight in that film. Yeah, Spock handles films. them several times. Yeah. <laughs> in all three of those films, he basically loses every fight. Yeah, on the platform he's losing, doesn't John yeah. John Cho step up and save the yeah. day? Yep. Yeah. He is my guy. Um, there's a lot of explosions in this movie, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot how many explosions. Yeah, no, this movie, this movie delivers. Like, a lot of bombs and stuff. <laughs> I remember I saw this twice in the theater. I saw it like four times on an airplane. I mean, I saw it once in, on opening night in theaters. But it was, we flew to, God, where'd we go that year? Yeah, we were flying to Japan. Hmm. obviously um <laughs> and it was a very long flight and they had several movies on whatever channel you happen to be on and this was one of them and it was you know this was more appealing than uh christ what's the one that isn't stepmom that stars meryl streep oh that isn't stepmom that isn't stepmom yeah 
it's still you know a mother figure dying of cancer with Renee Zellweger. Marvin's room? Mar- no, that was no. Zellweger. Um, I don't even know where I pulled Marvin's room from. I'm- oh no, I know. Well, because you're on the right track. That's not a bad pull. The uh, River Wild. <laughs> one true thing. No, not it's the one word. true thing with William yes, Hurt. Yes, one right? truth. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, with the big, with the William the Big Hurt. Yes, William the Big Hurt. <laughs> also, nothing to lose, which is a lesser Martin Lawrence. But oh, I love Andrew, that movie. Yeah. Oh, nothing yeah. to lose. That's, Robbins that's, was that Steve Odenkirk? Yeah. Not to be confused with Bob Odenkirk. Am I one of the few people that like that movie? There's I a, liked I it back to it. That's okay. a good. That's a that's a, that was a solid TBS movie for me. Oh that's, yeah, uh, that's what it's on and very funny. Very funny. Tim Robbins, very tall. Mark Lloyd's very short. Comedy. Good what elbow work. I oh. get Chris Tucker getting into trouble, but it never made sense that Chan would be in trouble with his friend. Don't act like he's innocent. They encourage each other. But I mean, you know, he did nothing wrong. Okay, Scott, does 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 Tima have his daughter in his hands? No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 why they're wrong. Period. <sighs> Did, did, oh, okay. they, did they cause an explosion in a gunfight amidst the people that could easily just shoot the daughter in the face? Yes, that's why he's in the wrong. <laughs> Period. So I remember Nothing to Lose had a soundtrack song. It was a uh, Coolio, See You When You Get There. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. We'll see you when we get there now, Coolio. Yeah. It ends the movie. They're all at the, they're all at like a family picnic. And um, if you Martin, ever get there, Martin Lawrence's mom is like slapping Tim Robbins' hands for trying to get the food early. <laughs> it feels like that'd be in the movie Life, also, but it's not. No, it's Life, 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 Life. Do you think ninety eight might be tied for just having the amount of like just big like Armageddon, Aerosmith, Hope Floats? I remember the live song on the trailer. Mm-hmm. City of Angels, Google Dolls. It's a Dolls. great Bob Seger duet on Hope Floats. It's, it's a pretty, Hall, it, Halloween H2O Creed. Yeah, Godzilla, uh, Wallflowers, and P. Diddy. Is everybody take, just chasing come, come with me. Come with yeah, me. Come with me. Come with me. Like Whoa. Ghetto Superstar. But there was like there was some Super, good singles, yeah. singles out this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bullworth had gold. Yeah, this, this is a good, pretty good year for this. It was the monster that Batman Forever launched almost. Yeah. Music so inspired, the first inspired by? by, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. I can't imagine being the first inspired by, but because yeah. it's not like soundtracks weren't big or anything up to them. But Batman Forever was like kind of the one that was like started the like, yeah, we'll just throw you some stuff at your movie, <laughs> and we'll call it, and you can use it in the movie or not. <laughs> we'll have See. it on the record. It people might think it has something to do with the story, but it doesn't. You know, that Seal song was in Free Willy two or three. And then that didn't work. So then they put it on this and it becomes a gigantic Batman Forever becomes a gigantic <laughs> hit. Schumacher liked it that he put it on there. That's why. Offspring do a cover for like a million dollars. And uh, everyone always forgets, but in between Men in Black and Wild Wild West in uh, Legend of Bagger Vance, there was the closing credit song, Getting Baggy With It. Getting Baggy With It. Yep. That's not That's true, a, is it? Par, 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 par. Let me tell you something about jokes. Getting bogey with it. Eagle. <laughs> that's all I got. Because I, I now want that to be true. <laughs> Please tell me it's true. No, but I but what was true was that in the same year Enemy of the State came out and there was uh, the CIA just don't understand was at the end of that song. I remember that. <laughs> and if Jamie you stay true to it, they showed you the Star Wars trailer again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there a Meet Joe Black song or was there one? I mean, no one ever remembered it because they just what never watched the movie in theaters. <laughs> Look out, yes. there's another car. There's another car. Oh, no, there's more cars. Here yeah. comes my golf cart now. 
the peanut butter song. Well, if it's '98, see, can't hardly wait had a killer soundtrack. Oh yeah, damn it, yeah, that was a big one. (laughs) Damn it, specifically, yes, yes, yep. That's like that's like I love that song. That song's great. It had Buster Rhymes' uh, use of the Night Rider theme song. Because we had two songs that did that. You had the Timbaland and Magoo, and then you had Busta Rhymes. I still think Iris. I just... Yep, <laughs> just there we go. That song. Well, th- I mean, this year is one of my favorite movies, The Big Hit, which has what I would have to assume is the last time Mark Wahlberg was on his own soundtrack of a movie. Because he, he, he did music? He does have a song on that soundtrack, Don't Sleep. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I, I can't imagine him having other movies after that point that still had songs on the soundtrack. It's Bokeem Woodbine in the big hit. Damn right he is. Straight jacking. I was hoping he would get some award recognition for the inspection, but he didn't. Or Fargo. <laughs> I mean... I, Just dragging that as far away from rush hour as possible. My I'd, be, I'd be happy to have Bokeem Woodbine appear in most things. He's yeah. Especially now. Like he's, he really kicked it up in the past few years. Mm-hmm. He found a niche in like character roles. Great cadence. I like back in the day when you could have heart to hearts on airplanes before they take off for flight. <laughs> and it's okay to just get on and then get off the airplane. Let alone Chris Tucker, who does not have a ticket for this plane, just kind of snuck on, immediately got a seat next to Jackie Chan. As the crew. Well, nobody wanted to sit next to Jackie Chan, so it worked out. There would be an easy joke here if they, he was on the aisle and Jackie's on the window and the reveals there's somebody in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, that's, that an easy, that's an easy joke that they do not do. But someone would be like, excuse me, do you want to switch seats? <laughs> <laughs> that's That conversation's handled better than the Hobbs and Shaw one, for sure. A lot of this movie is handled. Yes, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't hate Hobbs and Shaw. Don't I don't either. But, but it doesn't like every time I think about it, it doesn't like get better like, no. in my mind. And every time you watch it, it doesn't. So, mm-hmm. oh. well, the one way to make Hobbs and Shaw get better is to watch Red Notice yeah. <laughs> or Black Adam. We don't need to talk yeah. about these things. <laughs> well, it's not Red Notice. Like that's. Yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. Congratulations. Red Notice. (laughs) Here's your pile of crap of a trophy on it. (laughs) (laughs) Comparatively. Wilking it up in there. You got Tom. Tom Remember how Hobbs and Shaw made like, what, $700 million and it did not get an immediate green light for a sequel? (laughs) Mm. What what wild work that is. Was it just Dwayne Johnson trying to piss off Vin Diesel and delay his movie? And then he proved his point and moved on. It, it really, it, every time I, it does feel like yeah. a movie more and more made out of spite than anything else. Yeah. Because well, like Jason I mean, Statham's just like, okay, I guess I'm back over it fast again. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, whatever. <laughs> I make. Not a hell. I don't care. Job's a job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the mechanic. Didn't that guy <laughs> die last time? No. <laughs> All right. Whatever. I wasn't I still a murderer. <laughs> but now I'm charming. Yeah. Go where the drive takes me. Like Furious Seven, I watched the beginning of that when he kills thirty guards. When he and, murders a hospital, yeah, he murders the, the hospital, entire yeah. hospital. <laughs> and then he's Uncle Statham in the next one. Yeah. And you're like, what? 
You're like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> and, pe- and, people, match. And, and people ate it up. People yeah. were like, yes, this is exactly what we want. It's like, wait yeah. a minute. Wait, what? I mean, I Hold guess on. him saving a baby was probably the smartest thing you could do because like, he saves babies. Yeah. He's not that bad. I like how they all get dressed for the finale. And they got good suits. So, you know, that's a who's who of character actors right there. Yeah, there really is a lot, yeah. of, people, a lot of notable people in this scene. <laughs> oh, this is, you know, not to belabor a point, this is a very polished movie. Yeah. And it it's not cheap, but it wears its budget in a smart and a compelling way. It feels big. Not huge, but big. This is where they go the hey, remember when you did police story and we yeah, you uh-huh. did that again? <laughs> I, I like Tucker's suit here because his tuxedo because it feels like a choice is being made. It's not just sticking mm-hmm. to it was a very nineties. It was a very nineties thing to do. That I had one of my. I went to a couple of proms. One of them I did. I went with that look for it. But that was a very the button instead of a tie. And it registers. It it, it pops mm-hmm. the right kind of way. And you're right, Jackie Chan looking good again with his hair's looking. His all hair's nice. like also like yeah, he, yeah. He, like Brandon, you said you get it right. He looks like yeah, a police officer who's a dad. Like <laughs> that's that's like his. <laughs> this is before Uncle. He becomes Uncle. Uh, yeah. Uncle, Uncle Jackie. Yeah. yeah. He looks like noticeably cool in this movie. Yeah. Man, that's a good look. Yeah, just something about the way his hair's cut. It's just it's good. <laughs> And I like how, you know, Chan registers the plot twist without, you know, just with his eyes very subtly. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and here's where we get the Chris Tucker needs to be allowed to make a distraction where it makes sense, as opposed to yes. the next movie where it's like, yep. I guess the only way we can do things is making a giant <laughs> ass of myself in a Las Vegas casino. <laughs> Don't stop digging, no. Tormenting innocent people for no good reason. Uh-huh. While wearing alligator skin suits. <laughs> I will say Tyrese does a great job of that in Furious 7. Whenever I see that scene where he has to make a scene about the birthday talk in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. it's a good moment. He knows how to do it without the movie entirely losing itself. <laughs> I just had to analyze like every frame of those 10 movies so that's super fresh in my memory. I'm trying not to go there too much. Nobody knows the bartender. So much C4 in the 90s. The 90s had a lot of C4. Oh, yeah. It was everywhere. I had some C4. Everything was C4 and bearer bonds. (laughs) I had C4 next to my marbles and pogs. The C4 C4 just blew up the bearer bonds. I want $10 million in Beanie Babies. Everybody wanted to be Gambit. And the closest way to do that was to get all that C4 that was readily available. Right. It was everywhere. It's just here's this. You slap it. You put a, a charge in it. Well, there was the, the tube stuff where it's like, yeah. and then you stuck a little thing. Yeah. That's gonna blow up somehow. You just well, make, it looks it, dangerous. Th- things that things that aren't true. C four is highly stable. You can't mm-hmm. just shoot it and it blows up. Like it doesn't work that way. But uh, if you turn a camera on and start filming it, it will. Yeah. It also <laughs> is. It does blow up giant. Like it wouldn't like like Chris Penn at the beginning when they do the C4 thing, it would have eviscerated him if that was real C4. <laughs> like his car would have been in just nothing. He would have been a lot more than just, oh, I got scraped up, falling out of my car. He would have been a pile of dust <laughs> if that was a real C4 explosion. As it is some, now. That's some Jack Burton vibes right there. Button. I like 
I like how proud, <laughs> proud he is of getting the gun out of his hands. <laughs> you know, I just, I was like, <laughs> uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker are almost 20 years apart in age. Yeah. Oh, wow. It doesn't feel that way. They're like 17 years apart. Yeah, so, no, Chan. Chan plays young. Yeah. That's a lot of C4. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, eight-year-old girls are very, very indestructible. You really need to get in there. Yeah. It's like 40 pounds. You really got to pack her to the gills of C4 to make sure you get all of her. <laughs> See, if there's enough C4, then if they do blow her up, she'll be vaporized and get a PG-13. Yeah, oh, you got to yeah. really just you got to just to the to the to the gills. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> just like when um when the FBI guy finally catches Hank Hill and Beavis and Butthead do America and, and <laughs> like do a do a cavity search, get him back to the back of his teeth, like really get in there. <laughs> that's, that's what they're going for with the amount of C4 here. I forgot about the wipe yourself off your bleeding line, didn't we? Yeah, yeah because you you know you get the callback. Now, this is like reshot stuff. This is where they inserted a bunch of action. Which I guess makes sense. Like, yeah. you drive yeah, a truck this is the... another situation where the collateral damage does not compute with the movie. It's, you know, with well, well everyone's left. What did you originally be like, hey, deactivate this bomb. Okay, you're under arrest. Oh, shucks. Is that what they did? And then they added. I mean, I guess just because the like the big vase scene that's coming up, like that's that's like one of the main things they reached just to add more Jackie mm. Chan stuff. So, like, I imagine this is all there. They just, like, extended the bits of henchmen that are yeah, involved. Yeah, I'm guessing the shootout stuff was new. Because that seems very second unit generic. They had, like, an executive decision-style bomb disarming moment with very little action. And a straw. Little girl gets into it here. <laughs> <laughs> it is, in theory, a nice idea mm-hmm. that she grows up and she's in Rush Hour 3. Like, that's a fun yeah. concept. That movie's just, you know, not good. Yeah, so it's, it's the problem. It turns into a piece of meat. And also, the movie can't decide how long it's been since the first film. Right. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like, the first, second film takes place right after the first one. And the third film, allegedly, is four years later. But she's like 20 now. It's four years? Okay. All right. Whatever. And then uh, they're like, should we bring Rosalind Sanchez? But no. Only in the deleted ending. And for some reason, Rocky's kid is in the second one. Then he ages up a lot into a teenager. It was a long trip from Russia. <laughs> a couple layovers. It's one of the time to watch Rush Hour several times. It's one of the tricks that Polly's robots able to perform. You can age right. people. A lot of people just die in this scene right here. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tom Hulk oh. just murdered six people. Yep, <laughs> cold blooded. <laughs> Kick-ass Vasquez. Get him, Rex Lynn. He's barely hanging on here. Meanwhile, the bomb is trying to disarm this bomb. That's like 20 pounds of C4. It's a a lot of C4. It would have been really awkward if that wasn't the right one to click. <laughs> Our rating. Well, as long as it's off screen. Yeah, it's true. Right. 
<laughs> just the end, eviscerated a Brett Ratner film. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's over. Done. Franchise canceled. <laughs> Everyone in the theater just went, wait. Huh? Yeah, this doesn't seem like the wisest move to have the bomb on you. Why does he have the bomb? They took it off. Well, it's a shield. <laughs> they took it off. He's taking it to the bad guy. I guess. And they got to get it out of the build. They don't want the building to blow up. Yeah, Penn is getting in some shots, too. She's going to have to be blown out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, he uses it as sort of a cover. Well, this is all the reshot stuff, so maybe that's why he has oh. the vest. That's why he has the mm-hmm. vest. There's a version of this where he doesn't need to have the vest at all because this stuff isn't in the movie. <laughs> oh. Because this, this is all the reshot stuff that they added after the fact. Which makes sense because the guy's climbing the ladder. Like, how would he have time to fight all these guys and climb the ladder and catch up to him? <laughs> Tom Wilkinson is old and slow. <laughs> no, Thomas Tom Wilkinson, he eats so much bread as you saw in Michael Clayton. That's why he's able to climb so <laughs> <laughs> But he looks like younger and thinner there, so you'd think he'd be faster. At the carbs. He, and he, and he, he you know he wears a lot of coats, Michael Clayton. Oh, right, right, right. It's because it's cold. That's the reason. That makes sense. <laughs> Like now, this, this is effort. a ri- this is yeah. there's an earlier Jackie Chan film with a bit like this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. Bar- like I said, it's a sampler platter of yeah, yeah. And you know, to state the obvious, this is the most conventionally Jackie Chan bit in the film. Mm-hmm. And then it gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some good Uzi work. I miss yeah, Ken Leong all out here. Ken Leong, you can't stop him. Can't stop. Won't stop. 80s, 90s had so much Uzis. Just keep them away from shotguns, right, Scott? Yes. The uh, (laughs) terrorist gun of choice. Because they're international. And all terrorists are international. They're never from America, ever. (laughs) Oh, he's going with one hand climbing. Well, if they are, they're the leader. (laughs) They're the leader, or they're not actually terrorists. They're patriots. I'm a patriot. And they're in the right. That's how it works. Undercover. It's it's and this isn't a criticism because it makes sense for the movie, but I like I'm amused how the first two rush hours create a martial arts antagonist, but then Chris Tucker ends up fighting both of them. Yeah. <laughs> and barely wins. This one is actually this this one's a good draw, but the second yeah. one where he's fighting Zhang Zi, it's, it's like, like this should not be a I mean you people yeah. whine about you know Jet Li versus uh the two of them and like that's no he should be dead in 10 seconds <laughs> you guys are both right though tony is a very physical villain in this movie i'm impre- yeah. I, I, yeah i don't think i ever noticed this is impressive he he put it in well he's he's the personification of villainy for 90 percent of the film so he has to be he has to make an impression yeah blonde hair he doesn't have any diamonds though. What's it? What's that? Dino? Oh, not like not like not like Rick Yoon. Yeah. <laughs> not like Fast and Furious's Rick Yoon. <laughs> Ricky Chan. Ninja Assassins Rick Yoon. Oh. Rain. Yeah, him and Rain. He never got to be a good guy in the fast universe. He could still come back to life. He could have he could have got shot off that motorcycle, but has been in a coma. I can hear yeah. you. Well, oh yeah, that would be too. That would be really absurd for Fast and Furious, <laughs> right? Yep. A, a film where the latest film ends with a tra- with a shot of what seems to be a face off machine being yeah. used between Charlize Theron and Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> right. I mean, there's so much undercover work already. Why, why not swap faces? 
It's been Ricky the whole time. He he's actually Whoa. ludicrous. Ludacris it's, died three movies ago. It's been recruited the whole time. Now. It's Leon from the Fast <laughs> and the Furious. Oh, Leon! Yes, Leon's the mastermind. He's the back. one that works. He's above Cipher. <laughs> the head of Etienne. Yeah, he's the voice in um, Hobbs and Shaw that we don't meet. We have it's Leon. I'm the auto mechanic of all your doom. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since Jesse died, I vowed revenge. <laughs> Once again, they can hear you. And, and I blamed you. I for want some them reason. to. I want them to hear me because I want, I, you know what? I want this. There's an army of Matt Schultz's. <laughs> his clones? Yeah, it's clones. <laughs> and his They've only character. got one more movie to do this. So. This is an, is that because that's a, what it will stop as, it, as there we was all a <laughs> wonderful thread on Twitter a while back where they were talking about that, you know, the, the, the mini trend where you have action films, where you have action stars, you know, having to go to toe to toe with distinguished character actors that are just embarrassingly one sided showdowns. And this is a pretty good example, you know. <laughs> Jackie Chan versus Tom Wilkinson. Let's talk about all the mistakes Tom Wilkinson just made. (laughs) He's using the money briefcase to fight a man who's hanging on by fingers. You do not need to use the entire briefcase. You lost all the money. Somehow you fell over in the process of doing this. (laughs) Now you're hanging on for dear life onto the C4 vest. That was part of your master plan. Uh, Chris Tucker killing it in just like these insert shots here. Stealing money. I like when he falls down. He's going to say, oh, he dead. Like, (laughs) Sure date empty. Like the stakes are so high, <laughs> as far as Jackie Chan's concerned. Chris Tucker's just killing it on the floor. <laughs> Good diehard shot right here. Oh yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh my god. Well, he might have survived. He landed. I hope that water. wasn't a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> it's PG thirteen. That's why no, he did. That's a good <laughs> reaction to that. Although of all the things in Rush Hour Two, the thing that makes me laugh the most is that damn blooper that ends it. You know. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be Rush Hour Three. Yeah. <laughs> it brings the house down. It just, yeah. just plays. <laughs> That's the last blooper, right? That's yep. the last one. Yeah, they knew that. They knew that. Yeah, was they a knew hot. that was a. They knew yeah. that was great. <laughs> yep. And it worked too. Yeah, I remember leaving the theater it's on a, a high movie. after that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I when I saw Rush Hour two the first time, I had a little bit of problem with Chris Tucker in the first act, but rather enjoyed the movie. Returning to it, it's been like oh, okay. You can see where the problems are, but yeah. you can see why in an audience in that environment, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah that's, there's an entertainment factor here for sure, no doubt. Yeah, well, I like the new. There's like a newness to the environments in it, and uh-huh. Shang Shaiju, like she brought a different element. That seems like a good practical slide they made for that to work. I don't know Whoever how they put that thing together needs a raise. That's some good yeah, craftsmanship. Good, yeah. Is there any characters named Diaz in Fast and Furious? Um, hmm. Maybe would, in Fast and Furious. Because to spin off after the 11th one, I'd pair it with Cypher and you'd have Cypher Diaz. <laughs> like oh, one of those guys, like, I'm an actual chef. I wasn't one of them. Um. No, <laughs> there's an actor named Jorge Diaz who voices a character in Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Oh wow! As well as uh, I believe Guillermo Diaz is also like a voice in there at some point, but I can't see anyone specifically named Diaz. In, uh... Surprising. It's a little surprising, isn't it? Like Chewbacca in. The rise of 
Skywalker, she got her medal or locket back. There we go. <laughs> As intended. There we go. And in between now and two minutes into the first movie, he's going to shave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cliffhangers, Rex, Rex Lynn made it to the end. Is that what we're going? Is that the official timeline of this? That this two oh, literally falls instantly. To- Two is, is literally it's, the it's, like an exa- it's, a direct follow up. He, yeah. yeah. he gets to China and he's like, "We're doing that. We're on another adventure already." That's where this ends. They're yeah. on their way to China. And Maybe then... he went to China multiple times. I don't know. No, because this is first trip. <laughs> okay. I imagine no, it's, he's it's, acting it's the way he does because he's never later. Yeah. He shaves in the bathroom on the plane. He's like, Jackie Chan's like, women, they don't like facial hair over there. He's like, oh. No, that didn't happen, but. <laughs> I just never, I guess. That wasn't on the Infinite film? No. I'm, <laughs> I'm, thinking the, I'm just thinking the time gap, I guess. I'm just not thinking about the idea that it's a, literally, like, him being on the plane right now leads into Rush Hour 2. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of those cliffhangers. Yeah. Like, if they knew they were going to make a sequel, they probably wouldn't have done that. Same thing with like Harold and Kumar. It's like, oh shit, now we have to start like. But, that, right but that, now. that doesn't seem like a hard thing to correct. It could just be the latest vacation he took to be with his friend. Yeah. <laughs> they get in a fight on the vacation. It fades out. It's like six years later. <laughs> and then you start the new movie. I want a massage. Oh, they do go get that massage. Mm-hmm. Shower three is four years later. Three, it's three years. That's three years after events of Rush Hour two. What? Oh. <laughs> so that girl is a really old looking, like fourteen in this, right? Yeah, <laughs> or a really young looking fourteen in this, and then she spurts finally. Oh, oh, the yeah. bloopers. If we didn't get bloopers, this would have been a good uh, roll call cast uh, yeah. movie to do. And especially like a knowing one where they're looking at the camera and being like, hey. Predator-esque? I mean, yeah, predator That's style, what, yeah. These bloopers are good, but even like the, the movie itself, these are like a uh, you know a sample player. Like, there's better bloopers in other Jackie Chan movies and painful ones where you're like, oh my gosh, are people getting taken on stretchers and stuff? Well, yeah, including Jackie Because usually he's not yeah. struggling to speak yeah. the language. Well, because yeah, the bloopers are half comedy. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> what is this shit about your daughter? <laughs> Chelsea or Kelsey? <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> the guy in the background closed his eyes a little bit. Like, oh, keep it together. Two does no great because two also has Don Cheadle, where like, and he keeps calling. Yeah. Him oh, that's where, right, yeah. Chris Dark keeps calling him Jackie, and Don Cheadle's like, his name is Lee. God damn it! Like in character, it's really funny. Uh, no, that's yeah, yeah. That is a great one. His name is Lee. God damn it. Oh, Don Cheadle would be great in these two. They could make these two these movies work. Oh yeah, he'd be a blast. His accent from the Ocean's Eleven Ocean's movies. God. Yeah, just him as Basher, yes. <laughs> no, I, these bloopers help sell the the whole like these two get along, they're a real good team on and off screen, you know, like uh, yeah. that's what it... 
Has there been bloopers in a while on a, yeah. on a major release? Oh, probably so stupid, terrible comedies generally, like movie forty three yeah. or something. There's actually an old you know, rule saying that no movie that ends with the bloopers, no movies that end with bloopers and outtakes are any good. And there's very few exceptions to that. I mean, in terms of hard comedies, I'm not talking about stuff like this. I, I've seen blooper reels recently in movies. It's it's usually it's usually like you know the like comedies that manage to make it to theatrical release these days mm. that somehow get a yeah. blooper reel. Got it. Pixar should do it more, though, especially with their serious movies. There should have been bloopers in, in um, <laughs> in, um uh, what the fuck, uh, um, Coco and um, oh, Onward. I wanted to see blo- a blooper reel for 1917. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I want to see them fuck up minute 11 of a 12-minute take. Ah. Sam Mendes storms on. <laughs> his mud In his mud boots. <laughs> The steady cam operator just goes down. Em- yeah. Empire Empire Light would have been better with a blooper reel. Oh. Uh, well, something would have happened. That would have been nice. <laughs> An emotion may have been shown. Yeah. Deacons gets all upset. Silence would have a good blooper reel. <laughs> Silence, uh, yeah. How long am I going to be the wave, like a wave, just hits one of the guys really hard. <laughs> the tide's coming in. Tide's What's coming up, in. Marty? Marty, the tide's coming. I can't hold this. Spotlight had a great blooper reel too. It's really intense scenes, and then Mark Ruffalo like cuts one. There's a, <laughs> a silence. We're sitting there, and Adam Driver's going Spider Man, Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the revenue would probably be epic because it'd just be Tom Hardy yelling at um, Inaritu <laughs> since they hated each other on that movie. <laughs> and Leo just being like, I'm, you know, that's between y'all. <laughs> A lot of grunting in that one. Yeah. I just want an Oscar. <laughs> it's just, that's the one he got it for, too. I mean, he's, he's, really he's good, good at it. Like, 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 that's the one. That's he ate buffalo hearts. I mean, you know. The sure, we all, sure, we all did it at one time in our life, but not mm-hmm. on camera. How deep is your love? Yeah, this was a hit soundtrack. Yeah, uh, by the way. Like, 1.1 million albums sold. I mean, you put the Jizzaman on the soundtrack, you're going to get some money. Like, that's just bottom line right there. That is platinum. Well, we've done it. We've talked about Rush Hour and other things. But a lot of rush hour for sure. Um, you know what else is a good movie? Ronin came out a week after Rush Hour. Yes. Ronin oh, rocks. Ronin rules. That seems like a future commentary, honestly. Yeah. Might be, I think that's on the list. Let me check. Great. Speaking of speaking Great. of mean action movies, that's up there. It's on too. the list now. Putting it on there, Ronin for a future commentary. Does it have the best present tense car chase of all time? Maybe oh, we do. Like I don't know, a car chase movie theme. That'd be pretty good, actually. Um, Hollywood but- homicide. That's dead. Don't be. Don't get me started. As for uh, our, uh, I love Paris. I, I I I was so tempted to have Hollywood Homicide as our as our two thousand. Oh, yeah. I love it, but I wanted people to listen to the commentary track. No. So um, we. So next month we are going with Collateral. That is our conclusion to oh. I Love LA. Um, which I is mean, quite Collateral exciting. is good, but it's no Hollywood Homicide. <laughs> I say the foot chases in Hollywood Homicide are definitely better than Collateral. 
I don't know. I mean, or the bike. You're, you're, you're talking about Tom Cruise running in movies. I mean, Tom Cruise chases Jamie Foxx down in like an entire bridge in like two seconds flat in that movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good car uh, chase. Um, the last quote before we wrap up. The last question I have: Will Rush ever Rush Hour Four ever happen? Is that the thing? No, no, we don't think please, a legacy please sequel. Don't. I mean, you're missing oh. the most important factor: the Ratner factor yeah i mean jokes aside he's not, I mean, he's not allowed to direct anymore so this was a trio although i thought bad boys was a trio and they exactly put mick g on it exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i, I mean, mean the sensibilities there <laughs> um for a while I funny thought... thing is the third rush hour was so expensive how expensive was it that's oh like 140 million dollars or something that was the movie that crapped out new line and caused it to go get merged completely with warner brothers in 2008 we all think it's a golden compass but there was actually rush hour three i do remember it being like a pretty inflated budget on that movie where i'm thinking why what is what are we doing here how much is sonata pulling down for rush hour how much is polanski pulling down for rush hour three um (laughs) <laughs> I broke Brandon. All right. <laughs> let's, um, let's wrap it up. That's going to do it for this episode, this commentary episode about now there in a name. Uh, you can find everything I do over at the codezeek.com. That's my personal blog where everything I do wires up. I write for Leave Entertainment. You okay there? I'm so blue. And I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Uh, Mark Hoffmeyer, where can people find more of you? It's the uh, movie films on Flix, movie films on FLIX. Uh, let's see. Just, it's all on social media, Mark Hoffmeyer, Twitter, it's all that. And then yeah and wait wait uh i've watched 400 episodes of dragon ball z and i think the honest trailer of that movie is coming out soon so then my data will finally be up on that i also have a john wick by the numbers that's going up on fandom soon and i think who's the best chris i like combed through 120 of the chris movies and pulled a ton of research fine and then wrote this yeah yeah walking uh (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) who's the corky romano is that Chris? Oh, Tan. Chris Dowd. <laughs> but yeah, so watch those videos. That, but that, we all know who the worst Chris is. Columbus. Christopher Columbus. Because <laughs> right? that fucker cut all the good uh, Mark scenes out of the second act of Rent. <laughs> Not to be confused with the the, the other explorer. Columbus. <laughs> the, 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 the guy who far killed less a lot good of things. Yeah. No, no, I can handle genocide and murder. But yeah, I like Apocalypse as much as the, the next rent man. movie. What was that? <laughs> I like Apocalypse as much as the next man. I get all <laughs> uh, that'd be a fun commentary. We had dragged across concretes on Netflix now. We'd, we'd make a lot of jokes <laughs> during Apocalypto. Scott Mendelson, where people buy more of you? Uh, the rap.com. And I'm on Twitter at, at Scott Mendelson. Brandon Peters. Uh, at Brandon 4KUHD on both Instagram and Twitter and then uh, the BrandonPetersShow.com and anywhere podcasts are found and my YouTube channel uh, which has a people like watching me uh, show off the new City of the Living Dead 4K set so watch me hold it and talk about it fantastic watch Brandon hold it and talk about it good to know no uh, comments. all right <laughs> let's um all the other episodes of this podcast can be found on iTunes if you, uh, and Spotify and Stitch and all those things. We're on all the socials and all that. Um, thank you, Brandon, Scott, Mark, for joining me for this Rush Hour commentary track. 
This was wonderful. It was great. A good time was had. I look forward to concluding uh, this uh, session of I Love LA tracks next month with uh, Collateral. Uh, but that's going to do it for this month's commentary. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>